Let me say welcome tonight to a Good Friday service. And as a child, I used to wonder, why do we call it Good Friday? Nothing really seemed good about this evening, about the death and the suffering of our Lord. But when you understand it, it really is a Good Friday for you and me. And I just want to say thanks to everybody that's worked so hard tonight. Our worship team just did a phenomenal job leading us to the throne of grace tonight. Can you say amen? And then, didn't you enjoy Bella's dance? I mean, just, let's give her a hand. I, I was looking for her. But Bella, thank you for sharing that with us tonight and helping us to see another aspect and another way in which to be able to worship our Lord. I remember asking my parents, just as a child, why do they call it Good Friday? And tonight, we're going to look at that because Good Friday is all about hope. We're going to talk about the cross tonight. We're going to talk about why the cross is so important to us. The cross was not an accident. The cross was not a tragedy. The cross is not something for you and I to regret. The cross is something for you and I to celebrate tonight. And I'm kind of afraid that for a lot of people, they've forgotten to rejoice in the cross. And they've forgotten to boast in the cross. I think for a lot of believers, there's not really any more thinking about the cross. And I'm sorry to sound so negative there, but... I'm just going off of a lot of conversation that I hear and a lot of popular magazines that I read. I think it's the greatest sin of all to somehow or another to think as followers of Jesus Christ, we don't need the cross. We need the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. For everything that you and I enjoy, we enjoy because of Calvary. We enjoy because of what Christ had done there. If he had not been crucified, there would be no gospel. If he had not been crucified, there would be no hope. If he had not been crucified, there would be no new life. If he had not been crucified, there would be no vision. I remember one time hearing a preacher say, I'm tired of hearing about all this blood, 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 blood. Friends, I am so grateful for the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ that we celebrated here tonight. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that he shed his blood for my sins. And every time I survey that wondrous cross, every time I think about the cross, every time I pour over or reread the stories of what Christ did for us at Calvary, it just seizes my heart all over again because I don't deserve Calvary. And as good as you are and as nice as you are, you don't deserve Calvary tonight for what God has done for us. And I think perhaps that's why it's so important for us to look at some very important passages about the cross tonight. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me out of respect for the word of the Lord tonight. And first we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 3. Let us give thanks to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Would you just close your eyes right now and would you thank the Lord for Jesus tonight? Would you thank your Heavenly Father for Jesus Christ? Thank Him for His cross. Thank Him for His love for you. Thank Him that you know that you know that Christ came to save us from our sins. 
because of his great mercy, he gave us new life by raising Jesus from death. This, this fills us with a living hope. Say that with me. This fills us with a living hope. Okay, that wasn't quite as strong as I was hoping it would be, so let's try it like this. This fills us. Let's do that again. This fills us with a living hope. One more time. With a living hope. Now, I want you to really stretch yourself. I mean, you're going to have to stretch, but I want you to say, this fills us with a living hope. This fills us with a living hope. I mean, think about that. Christ being crucified for our sins, Christ being resurrected. And so we look forward to possessing the rich blessings that God keeps for his people. And as for me, from Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14, as for me, may I never boast about anything not about my wife, not about my children, not about my job or my education, not about any toys that I own, not about any successes. May I never boast about anything that I'm of the tribe of Benjamin, that I've suffered for Christ as Paul did, but may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified and the world's interest in me has also died. Father, I'm asking you for the next few minutes, would you, it'll only happen by your Holy Spirit, Lord, would you give us a fresh appreciation, a fresh love, God, a fresh grasp of why we call this Good Friday and why the cross is the center of all we believe and live and do and teach. And everyone said, Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. You can be seated tonight. You have to understand the cross if you're going to understand what it means to be a passionate follower of Jesus Christ. And if you look at that first verse from 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, let's give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to understand who died upon that cross. Monday I was at a funeral in Wyandotte and I kept looking up at the crucifix and I was reminded one more time of why in Protestant churches we have a different emphasis than our Roman Catholic friends who have Jesus upon the cross, something very sacramental, something very devotional to them. But for us, the cross is empty. But for a moment, I would like to bring you back to that cross that you've seen so often with Jesus hanging upon it. Because who was that hanging upon that cross? It was the Lord. It was God the Son. It was God who became human. It was God who came and died for us. The man that you see upon that cross is none other than the Son of God, the third person of the Trinity, the Lord Jesus Christ who is suffering and dying for our sins. And you say, Pastor, how can you know for sure that Jesus is who he said he was? How can I know for sure that Jesus is who he said he was? Don't you ever have doubts? Don't you ever have questions about the divinity of Jesus? Don't you ever have questions? because there are so many magazine articles, there are so many things on History Channel or Discovery Channel that want to question the divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And my answer is always, without any blush or without any blemish or without any holding back, I have no doubts. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the risen Messiah. And you say, how can you know? Because flesh and blood did 
not reveal it to me. The words on the book did not reveal it to me. But the Holy Spirit reveals it to us that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Blessed are you, Simon of Jonah, because flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. We know tonight because God has made it clear to us that Jesus is the Lord's. Hallelujah. Well, give him a hand of praise this evening. We know because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. For those of our friends who haven't yet come to know Jesus, it's because maybe perhaps they haven't listened to the Holy Spirit or maybe perhaps they haven't yielded to what the Holy Spirit has taught them. Yes, they believe he was a good man. Yes, they believe he was a good teacher. Yes, they believe he was a moral example. Yes, they believe he healed the sick. Yes, they believe he turned the water into the wine. Sometimes they wish they would do that for him, them as well. But the fact of the matter, he is more than a miracle worker. He is more than a healer. He is more than a prophet. He is more than a preacher. Blessed be the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who died upon the cross for our sins tonight. None other than God gave himself so that you and I could be born again this evening. And that's why it is so important that we capture the meaning and the power of the cross. It wasn't a weak man. As I sat in that funeral Monday and I wept over my friend who had passed away and I looked up there at that Jesus hanging on the cross, suddenly something dawned upon me. That was not a weak man. That was not an effeminate man that died upon that cross. That was the Son of God. That was the one that could call 12 legions of angels. That when all of a sudden his disciple says, let's bring swords, let's fight for him. He says, put away your swords. Don't you know I have 12 legions legions of angels at my command that I could call. This is the one who told the Pharisees who came to try and trap him and tell him Herod was after him. He said, you go tell that king, you go tell that old fox that I am on my way to Jerusalem. I am going to die for the sins of all the world tonight. Friends, this wasn't a weak man. This was a powerful, mighty man. This was the son of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the reason we have an empty cross tonight hanging on that wall over there is because Jesus was laid in a borrowed tomb. And honey, you don't borrow something unless you intend to give it back. Jesus didn't need it for very long and he left it in better shape than what he found it for he was raised again on the third day. But I'm getting ahead of myself. We're gonna talk about that on Easter. Well, come on, victory. Hallelujah. He borrowed it for just a short period of time. That's who died for our sins. You see, everybody likes to talk about the teaching of Jesus Christ, but you need to listen to me tonight. You need more than the teaching of Jesus Christ because if all I ever do is preach to you the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ, I am preaching condemnation upon your soul for there is not a one of us that we are able to perfectly keep the commandments. There is not a one of us that's able to perfectly keep the teachings of Jesus. We need the cross because I need the blood of Jesus that cleanses me from my sins and breaks me from the power of sin. Friends, that's why we preach the cross tonight, because through the cross, the teachings of Jesus become something beautiful and liberating that set us free tonight. Give him one more hand of praise this evening. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at Hebrews chapter 12 with me tonight. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross 
disregarding its shame. Now he's seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility endured from sinful people, and then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives and your struggle against sin. I want you to look back at that first sentence with me tonight. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. To die upon the cross was to consider to be cursed. To die upon the cross and crucified naked as Jesus was, was considered to be the most shameful and the most painful thing that you could imagine. And if you've seen the passion of the Christ, I can't ever come to a Good Friday without all the memories of the clips of the brutality that was inflicted upon our Lord as we saw it so graphically portrayed in that movie, The Passion of Christ, and realize what a great price that Jesus paid. And if you ever want to ask yourself, why did Jesus do this? I'd like to propose just three reasons tonight to you. I could give you many, many more, but because of time, let me give you three. Number one, he did it. Why did he do it? He did it so that my sins could be forgiven. He did it so that I could be set free from sin. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 14 says, he canceled the record of charges against us and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. Every once in a while, someone who very sincerely will ask me, they say, well, if God is love, why couldn't God just have forgiven us of our sins? Why did Jesus have to die for our sins? You know, friends, we understand the answer to that question. We've understood that since childhood. We know the answer to that question. When you were little and your big brother or your big sister would take away the TV remote, or if you grew up in my day, the clicker on the thing that you had to get up and turn around on the TV, and you would wouldn't let you watch the cartoons you wanted to watch, wouldn't let you watch the TV show you wanted to watch, and you went to your parents and you said to your parents, my brother, my sister is not letting me watch TV. They keep turning it off the show I want to watch. Mom and dad come in there, you're wanting one thing, you're wanting justice. You're wanting brother or sister to suffer, and you don't want them just to turn the clicker to the channel you want to watch. You want to hear those magical words, honey, you can't watch TV for a week because you didn't let your brother watch the show he wanted to watch. We've got this thing inside of us that we want justice. We go to the movies and we see a bad guy murder people, kill people, blow people up, and then the whole rest of the movie, we know how it's gonna go. The whole rest of the movie, we're waiting for the hero of the movie or the heroine of the movie to come in and brutally and violently tear them limb to limb and cast them in, and we feel this satisfied sigh of relief because the enemy has been defeated. Listen to me tonight. Jesus died because your sins held you captive and the devil held you in prison and it was only the blood of Jesus that could pay the debt that you owe. You owed a debt, I owed a debt that we could not pay. Jesus' blood paid that debt and he wrote canceled across that bill and set us free and forgave us of all of our sins tonight. Can we give him another hand of praise this evening? <laughs> Ephesians chapter one and verse seven says he's so rich in kindness He's so rich in grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and he forgave our sins. So rich in kindness. When you look at that cross, you're looking at kindness. You're looking at grace that Jesus would die for your sins and die for my sins. 
I don't know if you remember the day that you knew your sins were forgiven. I don't know if you remember the day when you knelt and asked Christ to come into your hearts, but I will never forget it. On January 18th, 1972, when I knelt down in the back left-hand corner of the church because I didn't want anybody to know what I was doing. I wanted some anonymity. I wanted to be alone, and I knelt down, and I prayed. And when I came up off my knees after asking Jesus Christ to forgive me my sins, I can see it as clearly as I see you. I came up, the bitterness was gone, the anger was gone, the forgiveness was there, the guilt was gone. There was new life inside of me. There was hope inside of me. I knew that I was going to make it. I was born again. I went down a sinner. I came up a brand new young man in Jesus Christ. And for two weeks, I wouldn't tell anybody because I was so awed at the change in my life, at the change in my heart, and the change in my mind, the change in my health. But two weeks later, I told my first person at Willingham High School, and then I told my second person at Willingham High School, then I told my third person at Willingham High School, and they haven't shut me up since then because when you know that your sins are forgiven, friends, there is joy in the camp. Give him one more hand of praise tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. You don't know freedom. You don't know forgiveness. You don't know new life. You don't know the purpose of life until you've been born again and washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. People who live in their sin are like zombies walking through this world, dead to the real pleasures, dead to the real life, dead to the real purpose and the real meaning. You say, Pastor, how do you know that you're saved? Because the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I am no longer bound by sin. I am cleansed and I am free, just like we sang tonight. I was thinking about this and suddenly a passage from Zechariah, and I just want to read it to you. It's not in your outline. You may want to write this down later. But Zechariah chapter 13 and verse 1, on that day a fountain will be open for the dynasty of David and for the people of Jerusalem, a foundation to cleanse them from all their sins and impurity. And that fountain was Jesus Christ. That fountain was the Lord Jesus. He was opened up in five different places. And I experienced this that night, January the 18th, 1972. The thorn of crowns pierced his brow and all around the brain were our emotions and our, our spiritual being rest at. Somehow or another, that blood that poured forth for those crowned of thorns at, it cleansed me and it freed me emotionally. On his back, it was laid open. The Bible says in Psalms, in the book of Psalms, that they have plowed my back like a farmer plows a field and they plowed 39 stripes upon the back of Jesus Christ and into every one of those stripes, well, listen to me now, listen to me, into every one of those stripes, all the sickness and all the diseases of this world were poured in. And that's the reason the Bible says that by his stripes we are healed. And this crippled man was healed because of the blood of Jesus. They pierced his hands and the piercing of the hands was for prosperity and it was for posterity. And this man and this woman that could not have children, God gave us a family because the blood of Jesus made a way for that. And they pierced his feet because nobody knows the way to heaven that Christ made a way through the blood of his feet. Friends, I want you to know tonight Jesus is alive and when you are forgiven of your sins, it's all washed away. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody praise God in this house tonight.
But I think what's most important to me of all is when they took that spear and they thrust it into his side and suddenly blood and water gushed forth and Jesus Christ changed my heart. The greatest miracle was not my physical healing. The greatest miracle is not my marriage. The greatest miracle is not my children. The greatest miracle is not the ministry. The greatest miracle is I have a brand new heart in Jesus Christ tonight. And you can have the same thing. You can have the same thing. You ask me why? Because it was the only way that you and I could be saved. And tonight you may be making excuses for yourself and you may be thinking you're being humble by saying, you know, I gave my heart to Jesus, but somehow or another I haven't gotten victory over this sin or that sin. I'm living a compromised life. I want you to understand that is not humility. You are denying the power of the Holy Spirit that's in your life. That wasn't a weak man that was crucified at Calvary. That was a bold, strong son of God that died for you and he said, I will set you free from your sins. You can have a new life, a new love, a new family, a new hope in Jesus Christ this evening. Hallelujah. Well, number two, so I could be healed. I can't, I can't say thank you enough for the cross. I love the gifts of the Spirit. I love all the things, but the cross... When Paul says, I will boast about nothing but the cross, Peter writes, he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live what is right. Read it with me. By his wounds you are healed. What's he saying there? He carried our sins. That's repentance. I'm dead to sin. You're dead to sin because of Calvary. Matthew's gospel, chapter one and verse 21, the angel of the Lord said to Mary, he will save his people from their sins so that we could be dead to sin, we could live for what is right. That's righteousness when we live for what is right. Acts chapter 13 and verse 39, everyone who believes in him is made right in God's sight, something the law of Moses, something the teachings of Jesus can't do, but only the blood of Jesus. And then there was healing for our wounds. For as Peter wrote, by his wounds you are healed, Isaiah 53, 5 said he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. I want you to know if you're sick tonight, there is healing in the name of Jesus Christ. There is healing through the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's don't give up the message of divine healing this evening. I can't explain why everybody's not healed. I can't explain why everybody is not, has a miracle in their life, but I can tell you this, there are people that are healed in this congregation, there are people that have been made well, but you will never, never, never experience healing as long as you go around doubting what God can do in your life. Put your hope and put your faith in Jesus Christ. And I know there's some preachers in our community that disagree with that. I know there's some people that are well-respected that disagree with that. And when they meet me and talk to me like Dr. Jorge Terigula, he said, I can't explain it. I don't know why. He says, it's not real. It can't happen. But when I look at you, I have to admit it's a miracle. I have to admit there's more to God than I thought there was. Friends, it just means you have got to trust the Lord tonight. He is a man of his word. Can you say? Amen this evening. There was a preacher one time. He was educated. He was respected. 
He was revered in his community. He had the diplomas on his wall. He knew about Jesus. He knew that Jesus was mocked. He knew that Jesus was scorned. He knew that a lot of people didn't think that Jesus was who he said he was. But when his 12-year-old girl got sick, something rose up in his heart. He loved his little girl the way you love your children. And he decided it couldn't hurt anything. So he went to find Jesus. And when he found Jesus, there must have been a twinkle in Jesus' eye. For Jesus said, take me to her. Take me to her. And along the way, somebody stopped him because they just touched him. And God cured her of an incurable disease. And someone came up to the preacher. His name was Jarius. He was the leader of the synagogue, according to Mark chapter 5. And they said, don't trouble the master anymore. Your daughter is dead. And Jarius said to him, Jarius, you just have faith. Take me to her. And when Jesus got there, the scoffers and the unbelievers, they laughed at Jesus and they mocked Jesus. And Jesus sent all the mockers. Jesus sent all the laughers. Jesus sent all the doubters out of the room. And he kept the mom and the daddy and three disciples in there because it pays to have people with you that will pray in faith and trust and stand in faith with you when it comes to a great time of crisis. Can you say amen? And Jesus knelt down and took that little girl by the hand and he raised her up from the dead. He healed her. And then with that same twinkle in her eye, his eye, he looked her to mom and daddy and says, this child has got to be famished. She has been where not many people go and come back from. Get her something to eat. When Jesus heals you, he gives you back an appetite for life. Somebody say amen. He gives you an appetite for life. That's the reason the Bible says in Matthew 9 and verse 35, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom and healed every kind, every kind. How many kinds? Every kind of disease and illness. And then finally tonight, he forgave me. He died on the cross so that I could be free tonight so that I could be free. And I hope I haven't embarrassed the congregation I love tonight, but I plain could not fly fast enough to get me back here this evening. I have been praying in the spirit. I have been waiting on God to get here this evening because I want you to know you can be free. For Jesus' death exposed death for the skinny little bully that it really was. I've only had one fight in my life, one physical fight, not in counting some things that happened when I worked in mental health, but those weren't fights, that was just weird. But I remember one time, I just, edit that out. I remember one time I watched a kid picking on another kid and I stopped him and all of a sudden next thing I know his big brother comes and his big brother weighed two or three of me. I looked like Mickey Mouse. He looked like King Kong. And the only thing I knew to do was hit him hard and hit him fast. And so I hit him hard and hit him fast and he went down crying. I want you to know something. When Jesus died at Calvary, death who's held fear over mankind, death who has bullied mankind, death who has scared mankind. Suddenly death was exposed for the crybaby that it is. Jesus robbed the death of its power. Jesus is alive. You don't have to fear anything tonight. You're gonna live forever. You're gonna live forever. You're gonna live forever. We buried my friend Leo on Monday. 
I buried one of my mentors on Thursday, someone that I love so dearly and so much, but I want you to hear me tonight. They are more alive now than they were ever were on the face of this planet. Jesus says you err, for God is not the God of the dead. God is the God of the living. Paul says to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. I don't know about you, but something inside of me is clicking and ticking. I want to see Jesus tonight. I want to see the one who died for my sins. I want to see my dad. I want to see all of my friends that I buried from this church. The older I get, the more precious heaven gets to me. You don't have to live afraid. We know, the Bible says, our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. What are you a slave to tonight? What's controlling your life? Is it fear? Is it greed? Is it lust? Is it gambling? Is it lying? Is it your emotions? You see, those are all the fruits of sin. The fruit of the Spirit is love and it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's self-control. You've been telling yourself, I can't change. You've been telling yourself, there's no hope for me. You've been telling yourself, I'm too old to change. You've been telling yourself all kinds of lies of the devil. The bully has been whispering to you tonight. You are not a slave to sin. After the Civil War was fought and the slaves were emancipated in the South, so many of them didn't know what to do with their freedom. And so they returned to their old masters because they didn't know what to do with their freedom. And the masters took advantage of them and put them back in the cotton fields and put them back in the tobacco fields and put the lash on their back because they didn't know how to live free. I'm here to tell you tonight, sir, you are not a slave to death. You are not a slave to sin. You are not a slave to the devil. You have been born again. You have been set free. It's time to learn how to live like a free man and a free woman in the spirit of God tonight. Well, somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. The Bible goes on to say, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. And then Paul would say in Galatians 2.20, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, read it with me, who loved me and gave himself for me. Say it again, who loved me and gave himself for me. One more time, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now look at that cross and say it with me, who loved me and gave himself for me. Why do they call it Good Friday? Because for you and I, it's the best news ever. It's the best news ever. If Jesus had not died for our sins, we would suffer under the wrath of God that is coming upon this world. We would suffer upon the judgment of God that is coming upon this world for its sin. But when Jesus died for our sins, we were no longer appointed to wrath. We have been adopted as sons and daughters of the King, and therefore we cry out, Abba, Father. So let me ask you a question tonight. What's keeping you back? What's keeping you back from living free? What's keeping you back if you're here tonight and you're not a follower of Jesus? What's keeping you back from following Jesus?
Has the Holy Spirit made it real to you that he's the son of God? Is it in your heart you know that Jesus is who said he is? How long will you halt, the Bible says, between two ways? How long before you make a choice? It is sheer insanity once you know. Listen to me. It is sheer insanity once you know what the right thing to do is and what God will bring into your life as a result of that to continue to choose the way of the transgressor. When I worked in mental health, Sometimes it would be controlling drugs, controlling alcohol issues, sometimes controlling emotions. And I saw people that were insane. They were not bad people. They were good people. But good people and bad people, that only makes a difference to you and I. In the sight of God, it's not good people and bad people. In the sight of God, all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. There's none of our works of goodness that can save us. And they continually chose things that harmed them and harmed others. Listen to me, Dad. Listen to me, sir. You listen well because one day you're going to stand before the ruler and the judge of all mankind and he will remind you of these words. The decisions you make are the decisions that will influence the path and the steps of your children. If you choose to be a passionate follower of Christ and lead your children, you lead them into paths of peace, the Bible says. But if you choose the insane thing to reject Christ, you lead them into paths of destruction. No daddy wants to do that. Any daddy with any love or sense in his heart, he stops listening to the crowd. He stops listening to the educated erudite. And he goes and he sees for himself and he says, Jesus, my daughter needs you. And when Jesus comes into your house, he makes all the difference in the world. He defeats the bully and he brings joy unspeakable and full of glory into your home. Can you say amen? amen? Bow your heads with me tonight. The Bible says it makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. Tonight, the Holy Spirit has convicted you. And you say, Pastor, I really want God. I don't know where to begin. You may be like me. You needed that anonymity. I needed two weeks just to think about the decision I had made. Nobody taught me that. I guess the Lord led me in that. But for two weeks, I pondered. And the more it dawned on me what had happened in my life, I couldn't stop talking about Jesus. I couldn't stop talking about Jesus. And I'm telling you, once you know Jesus, Nobody will stop you from talking either. You say, Pastor, how do I do it? Well, first, you just trust God. You believe that he's who he says he is, and you believe that he tells the truth. 
He says to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. You just believe him. You see what happens next? The Bible says we repent. That means we turn away. Repent is not some emotional word that we get up and act weird. It means that we just turn from doing things our way, the insane way, and we turn to follow God. We turn to love. We turn to peace. We turn to joy and kindness because that's what Jesus brings in our lives. But you don't get that until first, until first you believe who Jesus is and you surrender your life and your will to him. And you say, Lord, I need your blood. I need what you did at Calvary to cover my sins. So would you pray this with me tonight? You don't have to pray it out loud. Just pray it quietly. Matter of fact, you don't even have to pray the words I pray. Just pray something similar to it. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. You roar like the lion, but you bled like the lamb so that I could be born again. I don't understand it all, but I know that I need to be saved from my sin. I need to be forgiven tonight. I need the emotional healing that comes from where that crown of thorns pierced your brow. I need, Lord, the healing for my family, for the prosperity of my life, the posterity of the children that you've given me that come from your hands. The only way to God is through you, Jesus. I need the blood shed from your feet. And I need healing tonight, Lord, body, soul, and spirit because of the stripes upon your back. But most of all, Lord, I need that brand new heart because of the wound in your side. And Lord, tonight I want to be free. Now, if this is you, you join with those that are giving their heart to Christ tonight. You've, as a Christian, you've given up on becoming a passionate follower of Christ. Those of you that are committing your life to Jesus, you just keep praying, but I, I need to do a little pastoring right now. You've given up on being a passionate follower of Christ. You make excuses like, I'll never change, or it doesn't matter. It matters, friend. It matters. When Jesus comes back, he's coming back for those who are watching and waiting for his return, who are occupying till he comes. If you've kind of been playing games with God and living lukewarm on this Good Friday night, you confess tonight to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry. How dare I play games with you? How dare I make excuses after you shed your blood 
for me at Calvary. So I ask you to forgive me tonight. And I confess I'm a free man. I'm a free woman because of everything you've done for me. Now I'm going to ask the whole church to do something I've never done on a good Friday night service. But somewhere between Jacksonville and Detroit today, my heart was overcome and I just had to turn towards the window. I could see us kneeling in these altars and praying. And I'm asking you to get up, every one of us come forward and just find a place and kneel and worship Him tonight and give Him thanks. Give Him thanks for the forgiveness of your sins. Give Him thanks that there's healing for your bodies and for your emotions. Tonight, come and give Him thanks and live in the freedom and the joy that He's given you. And if you've just given your heart to Jesus or if you're just visiting with us tonight, just come tonight and kneel at the feet of Jesus Christ and worship Him this evening. Oh, let's come and give Him thanks. Let's come and adore Him tonight. Let's come and love Him this evening as a church. Let's gather in this altar. We need You, Lord. We need You, Lord. This Easter weekend, oh God, we celebrate tonight our redemption. We celebrate, Lord, our deliverance from sin. We celebrate what You did for us at Calvary. I will boast in nothing except for the cross of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh God, I love you. Oh Jesus, I love you tonight. I love you. Just reach out to him and love him, church. Love him, church. Hallelujah. Pastor Corey, Pastor Rick, just begin passing up and down the aisle. Matt, help them tonight. Just begin praying with those that are in the altar this evening. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I love you so much. Tim, come and help us pray with others tonight. Oh, Lord God, I love you. Just lay hands upon them and pray the blessings of heaven. Pray the blessings of God upon their lives tonight. Ask Jesus to help them grow this evening. Oh, Lord, we want to be passionate followers of Jesus. Our community needs passionate followers of Jesus, Lord. Our world needs us to be salt and light. And oh God, we need once again to rejoice in what you have done for us at Calvary. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Holy Spirit, come tonight, come tonight. Oh, Holy Spirit, come this evening. Come this evening. Come this evening, Lord, and shower your grace and blessings upon us. Come, Holy Spirit of God. Come, Holy Spirit of God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of, reach out to him tonight. You can know him tonight. You can know him. Hallelujah. 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 Thank him for his amazing plan of grace. 
thank Him for His amazing plan of salvation for our lives. Thank Him for His kindness, for His grace and His love. You've got a living hope this evening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, God, I love you so. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, my Lord, my Savior, hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I pray for those tonight that have been emotionally wounded and emotionally crippled. I pray for them in the name of Jesus tonight. God, you're gonna set them free. Lord, I thank you for the blood from your head. I thank you for the blood from that crown of thorns. I thank you that there is peace and there is joy and there is wholeness. Lord, I thank you for those tonight, God, who need a touch in their lives for their family, for their prosperity, Lord. God, their family's hurting, Lord. They're suffering, God. They're, They're living beneath the promises that you have for them as children of the King. You have said the blessing of the Lord will make us rich and you will add no sorrow to it, Lord. Make us good stewards. Make us responsible stewards, Lord. But I pray for the blessing that we need as families that we can leave something for the generations that follow us. And Lord, I thank you this evening. There is a way that's been made. There is a way that has been made, Lord, to the throne room of heaven. There is a way that has been made that the blood of Jesus' feet has paved that way for us. And so tonight, in Christ's name, I ask you, help us to walk in your footsteps. Help us to walk in your footsteps, Lord. Jesus, help us to walk in your footsteps. Now, if you need healing tonight, I just ask you, would you lift up your hands? I want to pray for healing tonight in your body. Just lift it up before the Lord. Nobody's looking around, not even me. I'm just going to start praying. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that into every stripe, and to every furrow upon the back of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All of the diseases of this world were poured in there. And as the blood of Jesus flowed forth from every one of those wounds, there was healing, Lord, for cancer. There was healing for heart disease. There was healing for the crippled, Lord. There was healing for the diabetic. There was healing for those with blood diseases. There's healing for the aged patient, Lord. There is healing for all who come because a fountain has been opened up in the house of God. And his name is Jesus, 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 Jesus. Let's give him a hand of praise right now, would you, church? Hallelujah. 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 Now, Father, in Jesus' name, I'm asking you for tender hearts. Write upon our hearts, O Lord. Write upon our hearts the word of the Lord. God, you have said that the letter of the law killeth but the Spirit giveth life. 
And you didn't mean for us by that to ignore your word. Your word shows us how to live with one another, how to love one another, how to love you. But God, we could never do it if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus. And so I pray, God, give us new hearts. Give us clean hearts, pure hearts. And may this night forward, as we remember the cross, we guard our hearts with all diligence. For out of the heart is all the issues of life. And I pray the blood of Jesus now to seal our hearts in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord. I'm going to ask you, if you will, just lift your hands before the Lord. And Becky, let's, let's sing, oh, come, let us adore him. I know it's a Christmas song, but on this Good Friday night, let's sing, oh, come, let us adore him. Lift your hands. I can't think of any better song to sing and to thank him. Let's stay in his presence and just worship him tonight. Oh, come, let us adore him oh come let us adore him oh come let us adore him Christ the Lord oh come alone is worthy for he alone is worthy for he alone is worthy he cried we'll give to him all the glory come on church let's sing it to him we'll give to him the glory him the glory will give to him the glory he cries the let me pray a prayer blessing over you you're forgiven so walk in that you've been healed the past tense you were healed by his wounds so walk in that and you are free tonight don't let any man don't let any habit don't let any devil in hell don't let any person's opinion put you back in bondage again you're free walk in that now Lord I bless the congregation of your people Lord I pray in the name of Jesus that this blood covering from Calvary which covers all of us and the Bible tells us that there's something before you called the mercy seat the blood that covers the mercy seat from the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the earth 
Lord, I pray this blood will seal and keep and protect in the name of Jesus. And when we rise up off our knees, may there never be any doubt, just like there was for me January the 18th, 1972. God, you made me a new man. I had no idea what was to come. This church has no idea of all the good things you have in store for us. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody agreed and said, amen, amen, and amen. Praise God. God bless you. I love you. I can't wait to see you Easter morning. Good night.